seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 118 of Color of Magic, your magic and gaming podcast, where we talk about all types of issues affecting people at and away from their gaming tables and computers. As always, I am your host, Daquan Watson, and for 118 episodes, still riding shotgun, my main man, Brian Allen, is here. How is it going, dude? (sighs) It's going. (laughs) I guess you would say. (laughs) I feel you. How bad is it today, man? Uh, apparently somebody, one of the kids, or it's not just the kids' school, because that's been happening since school started again, but somebody, one of the kids' classes apparently has tested positive, so yeah. Yeah, I guess you figure it's a matter of time at this point. Yep. I had to, you know, a, a show that we usually do every year as a fundraiser, I just had to say no to, because I'm mean, just not comfortable to doing a fundraiser with that, or just any kind of show with that many people around. Yeah, I feel you, dude. I, I mean, I've got projects with other creators and, you know, with one of my sponsors and stuff that I'm just not doing right now, you know, that I'll probably have to push off another month, maybe two to kind of ride this out and see where things are. But some of those, I mean, a couple, one of those I've had pushed off for over a year now. Yeah, it, it's tough. It's it really. This, is. Yeah, this, this this show, we again, this is the thing we used to do every year. It's a fun. It's a charity show. So, I mean, it just hurts me to not be able to help with this but you know just... yeah but it's better safe than sorry right what yeah. else are you gonna do and then at this point they're not even sure the show will make so it's just we're all kind of just dancing around with the omicron yeah that's true but i but one way or the other i had to say had to say hey or are you in or out and to say unfortunately i'm out hey i feel this you is... dude i've i've turned down several things and and it sucks especially when there are events that i'm looking at and going like ah, i could have made some money there ah, yep. i could have done this thing but i also don't want to be part of the problem exactly you know? so you got to make tough choices sometimes but yeah we have a lot to talk about in the show but before we get to it let's give some love to cardsphere.com longtime sponsor of the show who does really good work at supporting the magic and gaming communities so Pay them some love. They have a great website. If you're looking to sell your magic cards or buy magic cards at the price you want, it's pretty damn sweet. Really, really is. Matter of fact, I I mentioned it, I think, last week. I used them just to finish off a deck. I don't think I paid more than 75 or 80% of the going value for any of the cards, which is super sweet. And I had all but, I think, one within a couple of weeks' time. They just, you know, got them in the mail, got them to me. So really cool, really easy. You know, a little bit of a learning curve because it's just different. But once you figure it out, man, it's a great site to use. So go pay them some love over at Cardsphere. And if you want to support the show, you can go over to patreon.com slash color magic for just $2 a month. You can help us keep the lights on, help us buy. You know, as a matter of fact, we, we spent money getting a whole new audio set up for Brian. So your money went to good use. We bought nice things with it. <laughs> Even though it is nice to just put some money in our pocket, we do actually use it to build up the program and the platform. And you could get a shout out just like this week for Mark Fillmore, who's actually been supporting the show since June, 2020. So thank you for that, bro. Like that's nice. Having somebody that's a year and a half now actually been supporting the shows. So that's really, really nice. And, then, and, and as we said, you know, so so many other things aren't happening for us right now. So we appreciate everybody who is able to help us out. Shoot, no lie. That is very true. Like every little bit helps a lot when you're having to pass up other things. And then finally, you can go to colorofmtg.com slash shop. And we've got tokens and playmats available. So if you want to get something for yourself and still support the show, get some things with our likenesses and logos on them and support us. We appreciate that, too. Now, like I said, we got a lot of things to get into into this episode. And, uh, man, this first one. You know, we've talked about some racially motivated things on this show. We have talked about police issues on this show. Sometimes they are one and the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this week... We found there were, I believe, three officers that were involved, two that ended up getting fired for not responding to a robbery call. And this is gaming related. 
decided instead they were going to chase a Snorlax down on Pokemon Go. We wish we were making this up. <laughs> no, this is... And not only that, while they were there, apparently part of the the I guess I guess the affidavit or whatever they had to fill out with all the information of the sequence of events. There was also dialogue about a Togepi that was a few streets over on like 56 and whatever, wherever they were. So not only did they go chase a Pokemon, they were further ignoring their duty, dereliction of duty, I guess, if you want to call it that, to plan to go get another one before somebody intervened. Gotta catch them all, sir. Man, we don't be criminals in this case. But you know what this means? It is now easier to fire police officers for chasing down imaginary Pokemon than it is to get rid of them whenever they are shooting people. That's ridiculous. Like, and the from what I understand, nobody even died or anything else at this robbery situation. Now, granted, they should still be fired because you should. You know, I mean, yeah. if you're really going to go chase Pokemon instead of go help somebody who's in the middle of robbery, come on, man, that's actually your job. Like, that's literally your job. Like bruh right but as we say there there are some jobs you're not allowed to be bad at and police is has has to be police airline pilot (laughs) doctor you know you're just you're not allowed to be bad at those jobs and don't get me wrong like pokemon go is fun like you want to get out walk around it's a good excuse i you know even when i want to get out from covid like if i can go to one of the parks that doesn't have hardly anybody there it's a good excuse to get out walk around go do a thing like it's cool but not while you're on the job, man. If you were slacking at any other job other than probably the three I just mentioned, <laughs> Daquan and Brian would have tried to help you out. But, dude, I'm, I'm literally like, and we had all these cases of dudes like shooting people, shooting kids, doing all this. And they'll get, you know, a 30 day suspension with no pay. And, you know, they get some of them even get to go back to work while waiting on the trial or whatever. This one, they were like, nah, you know, they they got. I think it was like they got no pay, got suspended for, I think it was 25 or 30 days, and then they got released or whatever after the investigation or whatever. So I don't even understand. Apparently, it's even easier to investigate people going and chasing Pokemon than it is somebody shooting someone. When they're like, we have cases where there have been cameras, witnesses, you know, like traffic cams. The whole nine yards and we still have to go through the whole process while they're getting paid whatever and then there's not sometimes not even jail time and sometimes not even getting fired because i mean police unions are strong but i'm gonna guess this is the case where even the union wasn't gonna stick up for these idiots but still you're saying the union it's like you shot somebody uh you know we'll see what we can do for you Anytime a weapon is discharged, yeah, the, the union's hard line is, hey, you know, these officers sacrifice their lives. The union does what the union gets paid to do is to defend cops in virtually any circumstance. And I'm going to guess even they like you, you screw. We're sorry. <laughs> I mean, for real, I like this is a story you really wish was made up. But damn, like I, I don't even know what I would do if I heard that came over the police scanner, right? They're like, hey, there's a robbery being called in on such and such. Like, you know, we need to dispatch like two cars, blah, blah, whatever. And then you hear one of the dudes be like, yeah, hold up. Hey, uh, 1812, there's a Snorlax over on 56 right. and West. Like, we were like, like, wait, what? <laughs> one Adam 12, one Adam 12. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there is a Pikachu. In the- that's what I started wondering, too. Like, did these guys play enough that they had different codes for where there were, like, different Pokemon so they didn't get caught all this time? I'm saying, that's how they should have been smooth, where they should like, yeah. hey, you know, four, I, I don't know any, sadly, I was a police reporter for three years and don't know any of the codes or don't remember well, any of the that, codes. You could have used, used the Pokemon number, right? You could have been like, we have a 117 on 56. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, I guess if you do that, then the people, uh, the, the people at nine one one will know. Okay, those aren't real codes. What are they doing? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's it's a ridiculous story, man. It really, really is. Like, I, it, kind of a, a random. You see that uh, Jake Gyllenhaal movie? Uh, I, I'm, basically, where the guy that chases police cars and films the crime scenes. Uh, I didn't. I remember seeing the premise for it, but I yeah. didn't watch that one. I think it's Nightcrawlers, I think what it's called. Yeah, and yeah, exactly even those guys <laughs> know the, the actual code. So yeah, you'd have to make sure you weren't using real codes. Yeah, that that's just too funny for me, man. Like, 
you know, just goes to show you, man, sometimes, like I tell people, there are some things you could write and script or make up. And then there's sometimes real life is just so absurd. You look at yeah. that and go, nobody would write that. There's you know, so but here many we times are. where it just, there's no way this happened. Well, all right. I'm going to hand this one off to you, Brian. All right. You you probably have heard nothing about this, but believe that there is a black news channel. Depending, there is indeed. Depending on who you get your or what kind of streaming or cable setup you have, if you still have actual cable, you probably have it. You probably just didn't know you have it. In most places, it's you know, past the two hundreds. You got I was looking for it and it, it took forever to find it. And I'll be the first person to say that's not the way I was raised in journalism. Where, but that, that's where we are now. Is that there's a, if you if you want Republican news, there's a channel for you. Yep. If you want liberal news, there's a channel for you. And I said, I guess the way the industry is going, yeah, why not have you know a channel that that handles black news? Because if, if we're honest, there are a lot of so many stories like the one kind of one we just talked about where the effect on white people and the effect on people of color from the same news story are often two entirely different things. That's fair. That's fair. And unfortunately, at the Black News Channel, it's gotten so bad that even the National Association of Black Journalists has had to step in with a lawsuit calling for immediate change because uh, we're not running the news channel any better than our competitors are, apparently. There are allegations of sexual harassment, gender discrimination, gender-based pay disparities, and it's a damn shame because this is a case where you would hope a black news network would rectify some of the injustices that happen in our industry, and apparently that is the complete opposite of what's been happening. The good old boys is apparently, it's totally even worse because it's your old people doing it to you. you Yep. But you know, you what? would hope once you started working at the black news channel that you would get better opportunities than what you got at you know XY newspaper or or network. I mean, you'd like to hope for it, but I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's still people with money doing yeah. people with money things. Man, that's that's rough though. Like, you, ugh, yeah, you never want to hear about stuff like that happening, regardless of where it's at. But yeah, yeah. when you when you have a thing where you're trying to support a cause and you're still doing it. That's even worse. And that's probably what will eventually mark the end of the black news channel. Cause it, let's be honest. Yes. I said, you probably didn't know it existed before I told you about it. And this unfortunately is the first story you're hearing about it. So we, yeah, we, and that's we, not a surprise, man. I mean, there's so many channels and networks that come and go like every two years. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many, I've been like, Oh, this show is going to be on, this channel i'm like well i didn't even ever even heard of that right you go find it and then you know they're not even on your cable package in in nine months so yeah that's a regular occurrence so i mean i appreciate the idea and what they're trying to do but i mean i'm not even sure if that's the best way to go about it anyway but yeah that's a crazy story dude like that it's disappointing in a lot of ways you know and a, a thing will follow, but I feel like at this point, we kind of know which way this is going to end up going. Yeah. Well, we do have some other things to cover, so let's keep this train rolling. Because it's that time of the week where we talk about the things we learned over the past week so we can share fun and knowledge with people. So, Brian, what did you learn? Uh, as I'm sure you all have noticed it has been another, I think it was 2016, the year where we kind of called the celebrity apocalypse, where it just seemed like so many incredibly famous people died in such a short span of time. Yeah, I think that was the year where the uh, the Academy Awards ran like a five minute yeah. film of just like clips from all the people that had passed. And I guess some years were like that, and just already 2022 seems like it's off to that kind of start. So I just wanted to mention one that you probably aren't going to hear as much about. Uh, one of my favorite actors, Dwayne Hickman, who uh, starred as the role he's most famous for is The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis, a show oh, I'm yeah. sure especially many of you younger folks have not heard of. If you if you have no problem watching black and white television, I encourage you to please go find it. It's got Dwayne Hickman. It's got a pre-Gilligan's Island Bob Denver. Actually, very funny. 
And even if you think you don't know about it, you actually probably know a lot about it because Dobie Gillis is basically Hanna-Barbera lifted that and turned the characters into Scooby-Doo. Mm, I guess, Dobie, I, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Dobie Gillis is essentially Fred Jones. <laughs> Maynard G. Krebs is like a, a you know typical, stereotypical, lazy, drug-addicted hippie that you would see in comedy at the time. He's shaggy, essentially. Mm-hmm. So they just lifted the characters from the sitcom and then you added a talking dog and the rest is history as we go for what Scooby-Doo is what, about 50 something years old now. Yeah, so, something yeah. like that. And without Dwayne Hickman and Bob Denver, probably doesn't happen. Oh, and just one of those random things. Dwayne Hickman died on Bob Denver's actual real life birthday. How crazy is that? That's awkward. Like, like crazy timing. Yeah. You know, I it had. You're right, though. It has been quite a few in the hell, just in the last month or so. You yeah. Know, where you had uh, Betty White, we had Sidney Poitier pass. Yep. You know, Bob Saget. I mean, there's rumors that the Queen might be dead, but they're keeping her secret so she can make it till like end of January or something. So Queen Elizabeth can't die, right? She's. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like it, it's a lot. So this this might be, you know, part of it too. Though is we do have a lot of celebrities that were just getting up there. Hell, honestly. I've been thinking Clint Eastwood is going to check out for a while. So uh, he might be next on the list. Because isn't he like 96 or something? He would have to be. Feels like he's up there too. So, yeah, there's there's a bunch that are long in the tooth. So I would not be surprised if, if we do see more coming throughout the year, unfortunately. It's also crazy how it puts us in touch with our own mortality. Because every time we lose a sitcom star from the 90s, we have to realize, oh, my God, the 90s were, you know, 30 years ago. It just it, it doesn't seem right. Dude, but. I had somebody freaking out a, a few months back because they were like, dude, I was listening to an oldie station and they played a song I used to listen to in high school. See, and I yeah. was like, yeah, that was a while ago, dog. Like, <laughs> like you. That's where, but yeah, you never forget the first time you hear any of your favorite jams on the oldies station. Yeah, I get it though, because you you turn an oldies, you used to listen to like old Rolling Stones, right? You know that type of stuff, and then you turn on and you hear like this Blink is one eighty two. It's right. You're like, wait a minute, yeah. that's an oldie. Like it is. It is. Yeah, like that wasn't. I mean, you th- in your head, you're like, "Well, I was only like 15, 20 years ago." I'm like, uh, uh-uh. uh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you look at all the quote unquote classic TV networks, and uh, Roseanne and Home Improvement are on there now. <laughs> I mean, I like really. Your sign should have been once they were running all those reruns of Fresh Prince. Yeah, like that was the sign. Like, okay, now you just got to admit you're older. Like when you saw those on first run. And you're watching them and reruns on like Nick at Night or whatever. Like that was your sign that things were starting to change. You just didn't want to accept it. And then when you realize they have rebooted Fresh Prince as a drama. Yeah, we just all. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of side note, did you see the dude that had the long Twitter post about like the real secret history of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? No. Yeah. It's like this whole plot about. Will being like he got in trouble because it, it even talks about like the lyrics in the in the intro about how he got in trouble, but he was going to get busted as being part of this thing. So they ended up moving him to L.A. so he could be an informer for them. And like uh, Uncle Phil was part of this big organization. And like it, it's it's crazy. I have to share the link with you at some point. Oh, those like, are great. Yeah, there's I one because you see the one about the Golden Girls. Yeah, that one was good, too. Yeah, that one was good, too. The thing, the thing about the Fresh Prince one, though, is like it was good enough that if you start rethinking about episodes, you can start filling in gaps for yourself that, right, man, this could work, right? Like, you know, that's not the actual intent of it, but you're kind of like, ah, oh, maybe. It yeah. even talked about the episode where like his dad came and then his dad left yep. and why he didn't stay. And it's like, well, yeah. there was this, this unseen thing about with him and Uncle Phil and, you know, like there it's it's deep. The dude, I mean, it's a long read. It took me like probably an hour and a half to go through the whole thing but it, it was totally worth it and hey maybe now bel-air will explore some of these theories <laughs> maybe it's quite possible who knows man yeah so what i learned last week it was fun it was a fun project we did i decided to live stream uh we were gonna do a tier list of which magic planeswalkers are the most dateable which is a completely absurd topic right so the whole point was just to be silly and you know, whatever. Like, you couldn't really date Kiora, you know, with her being a, a mer person. I don't know. <laughs> whatever. 
if you're big on sushi, because that's probably not going to sit well, right? So, like, that's a problem. So we had silly logic for a bunch of stuff. But what we learned is, like, 70% of the Planeswalkers ain't worth a damn to date. Like, they all got serious problems. They got family issues. They got world domination. Some of them are demons that want to kill you. Like, there was only, and there was only, like, six that we had, I think, in S tier. Yeah, and I'm not dating any more demons. I just said yeah, yeah. the one was more than enough. There you go. So you got it. So like that just ain't happening. But yeah, it was it was a fun video to do. People really responded well to it. Uh, I have some other ideas to do something similar. But it was kind of one of those fun things that, you know, I don't spend a lot of time talking about like characters and backgrounds and things like that. And neither was, does wizards. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> true but it, but it was fun to kind of just go like all right let's talk about these characters we do know from a whole different angle and realizing that like man a lot of these characters have some serious serious problems because honestly and after talking about it talking it through i'm not gonna be surprised if jace is the big bad after we're done with the phyrexian <laughs> this go around because i thought about it right like one you'll probably be at about point that we need to kill off another major magic character but Jace has messed with his own mind like three or four times now. Mostly so he can like forget stuff or keep secrets or whatever, right? But how many times can you go into your own head and just be erasing stuff and messing with things before it just messes you up permanently? So like, it would make sense that he would be the next big bad. But I don't know. It was, it was a fun... Go ahead. You think about it, like most of these guys are they're essentially Magic's version of superheroes, and you know that while yeah, Wonder Woman is pretty and Batman is rich and so on, if you're dating a superhero and you're not a superhero, it's a matter of time before you die. It's just facts. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be collateral damage. You're going to be kidnapped. You're going to be you know something's going to happen. Yeah. Like it's it's going to be a problem for sure. You're dating Spider Man, Green Goblin's coming to throw you off a building. It's just how it works. Well, that's if your name's Gwen Stacy or whatever. We got to do it ten times, you know. But yeah, seriously, it, it's an interesting idea. It was a fun video. Like I said, you can find it on my YouTube channel, just YouTube.com/slash Power Dragon, if you want to go see it. But yeah, it was fun. Uh, and we're gonna probably do a couple of. I may do like one a month or something every five or six weeks. Just a weird topic like that. That's just interesting to explore and have fun with the chat. It was fun just to see everybody's reaction to it and all the input people were giving. Like it was, it was a very fun interactive stream. So we'll definitely do more of that in the future. But let's get into some more, uh, man, what we'll call really serious news for the week. So for those of you who don't know, Capcom has a pretty, I would say, well known if you're in the fighter community tournament series you know they qualify people per region per country you know do a world championship that whole thing and they have a player uh robson Oliveira, which goes by the name rubino online and they decided to ban him lifetime globally so he can't play in any of their events on any continent for anything or online and the reason being is he posted on a stream and on social media about getting a woman drunk and uh, inviting some friends over to have their way with her. And I, now, to be fair, I had to watch his video with translations and subtitles and stuff, you know, because I don't speak fluent Portuguese at all. But uh, as the story goes, according to him, and it's, a, it's about a two or three minute clip from his stream. And I guess this woman had wronged him in some way. I, I didn't really get what the reason was, but for some reason she had done something and she was an ex, but then he decided to get revenge on her. He went and I guess convinced her to come over to his place or to some place and things proceeded. Uh, while telling the story, he used some very colorful language about her, you know, so he obviously was not a fan of hers. But... Then he immediately followed up trying to say, ah, oh, it was a made up story and none of that really happened and blah, 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 blah. But the reality is like, if you're a company, you can't even work with somebody who's willing to make that level of it. Like it's one thing, it's already in bad taste to like joke about rape, right? Right. But to tell this level of story in detail on a stream with a bunch of people watching you, like, bruh, 
Like they, they did the only, and they went scorched earth on him. Like he is not even like all his past qualifications, places where they just he is. It's as if he never existed in Capcom's records, and he's earned it. Yeah, like I mean, they they for real. Like they they basically took that little flashy thingy and made yeah. it black. And everybody forgot he existed as far as they're concerned at, at Capcom. There's no other way the situation can be treated. Oh, yeah. And, it, and again, it matters not whether the story actually happened or whether it, or, or, or whether he made it up in terms of how you as a corporation have to respond. He is. <laughs> he gets and, and, just, and hear me out. Right. Like. I can almost, and I'm not saying it's right, but I can almost get by if you'd have made, just say like a passive rape joke in bad taste, right? You get reprimanded, whatever. It's a stupid thing to say, whatever. But you're live on stream with the real audience. You are a known player and you're just telling this whole, hell, diatribe. I mean, like it's a whole story, like going into detail on things. And I'm like, why would you ever think that's a good idea? True or not, right? The fact that you have that little wherewithal and awareness, you deserve to be punished. And he, and you know, obviously dropped by his esports team, like, like, dude, just done. And like, if even part of the story is true, you deserve to go to jail yeah. for, for decades. Oh, and they, and there is an investigation going right now. Well, as yes, well. there should be. Yeah. So, dude, I mean, just even hearing that, like, I'm just like, because I'm like, okay, what did this dude really say or whatever? And I'm just watching this unfold, and I'm like, bruh, you just on on live stream? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, I hope, for goodness sake, it's not real. But, like, even then, the fact, like I said, that he would even just make up that level of a story, I guess, for... I don't know, entertainment purpose. I don't know who you're entertaining with that story, but I guess maybe you believe you'll get some number of viewers or something from it. But like, yeah, if somebody's even willing to stoop to that level to make up a story to get whatever clout they're going to get, I don't even want to work with you. Yeah, who in their right mind would? Yeah, so so I get it, man. I like That dude's got everything coming to him that he deserves for that. Like, that is... I mean, yeah, children, like, I, it, especially a game like Capcom, where they have the Marvel slash Disney contract. No, nah, you this, this, you can't ever. Oh, like yeah, you say, yeah. this, this guy's got to vanish. <laughs> he, he can't ever come back to, to any of these tournaments. Basically. Oh, even if this story isn't real, minimum, he's probably got to lay low four or five years now before he even attempts to do anything else. Like I don't think he ever gets allowed back. Oh, he, he probably, no, no, he will never do anything with Capcom again. Like, that's done. Like, he would have to go to a whole separate game Style, not, not even game. He'd probably go to a whole different game category if he wants to do anything with video games. And he may not even get to do anything with video yeah, games. Yeah, I mean, who would let him in? Because uh, if you, even if you were to look at the justified game community, Smash Bros, he obviously can't work for Nintendo. Oh, no, no. They've already had their issues, and they've, they've already blackballed people. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that ain't happening. You just look at the people that can even afford to pay folks. <laughs> There's, where is he going to work? Yeah, the dude, yeah, I just, this is a case where, like, especially at his level, because he was a known player in South America. So, like, he has a little bit of recognition, a little bit of clout, some following. Like, you have to be aware of your standing and status, right? Like, you're representing an esports team. You're playing in a game that's got events sponsored by a large corporation that has international deals. Like, you... And again, even if, and I'm hoping it is made up, but like, you can't do that. Like we've talked about before, there are certain things that, you know, certain language I would use, certain things, like you just don't say at certain times. Like you just know this is stupid. And I'll be damned if there's some things, even if I think they're okay to say, that I just don't even want the discussions and everything come with it to even have to say it on the record. And I'll be damned if I'm saying something even close to that with a whole audience watching me. Yeah, as I Live. said, if if any of it's true, he he needs to go to jail oh, for yeah. a good long time. Hell, him and all other eight dudes or whatever, get all get the whole damn yeah. lot of them. 
Seriously, every one of them. Like it, that's just ridiculous. And and then that's the other thing. Like if this turns out to be true, how awful are those other eight dudes? Like that, you got that, a friend. That, that's, the th- that's the thing. That's where I hope it's not true because I would hope they're just. If there's one human being that deplorable, that he doesn't also know eight other people who also lack that much of a conscience. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like this whole lot, if it's true, like every one of them, get rid of them. Don't even want them around the industry. Honestly, I don't want them walking planet Earth. Go lock them up. But right. I'm hoping that I don't know anybody that would know nine people that are this this evil. Yeah. But credit to Capcom, because I know, to, again, we, we talk about how companies screw stuff up all the time. Like, they didn't even wait for the rest of the investigation. They were like, as soon as they got word of it, they had official statements out. They started cleaning out their websites. You know, they tried to contact, I think, his team, you know, the whole nine yards. So credit to them. They wasted no time on it. You know, and they're they're doing all the right things, taking the right steps. It'll get resolved, I'm sure, within the next month or two, but... Yeah, just crazy story that that came out there. But moving on. So we had a very interesting, odd set of decisions from Wizards of the Coast this week. Uh, The first one is the one thing I gripe about a lot is we found out that Arena Open and the Qualifier Weekend are going to be on the same weekend again. I don't know why we keep doing this. I... just move the events one week apart. Like, just put one the week before, one the week after. Take your pick. It doesn't matter. We don't have anything. Literally don't have anything else of importance happening right now. I'll, I'll let you finish the whole rant before I respond. It's probably yeah, but I'm just saying, like, we have nothing else going on between now and these events. And even then, not really until the release of, of Kamigawa. So you could have had an event last weekend. You could have had one this weekend. You know, like you could do one next. You have four or five weekends to pick from. We have no reason to put them both in the same weekend. Right. That, I just don't understand that at all. But we're doing it. That aside, the news that everybody's really upset about is everyone's like, hey, when are we going to get an update to Alchemy? Right. Because the whole idea was Alchemy is going to be the format that they could tinker with cards. They could change it every few weeks if they want to keep it fresh and fun you know cards that are being underutilized we could buff them up cards that are too powerful we can break them down great well it comes out in whatever right end of november mid-november i think something like that we've been playing with it we go through december no changes no surprise everybody's reasonable there's vacation you know people are taking holiday breaks or whatever new year's is there but then we're kind of like okay uh it's been a week of the new year when are we going to get something for alchemy and then their public response is like, oh, well, we're just waiting till the, the qualifier weekend happens, and then we're going to update. Like, but the whole point was not having to wait to get updates. So now people are going to have to not play a format or not really want to craft cards, knowing that a change is coming, but then also not watch or care about your two events that everybody would probably stream or do stuff with or whatever, for people to go chase down deck lists, see new creative stuff, because sometime between the end of those events, and I'm assuming the next like 10 days or so following, you're probably going to release those updates. So this whole timeline is terrible. Like one, split your events up. But two, even if you made a change now, the people would still have two weeks to play with the cards, whatever, try to come up with something creative, different, interesting. And and the thing is, I think it should be okay because you're not introducing a whole new fresh set. You're probably changing, I'm guessing, like 10 cards maybe. So it's not like there's all this stuff for people to relearn to even like, you know, feel like, ah, oh, I didn't have enough time to prepare or whatever. Like that wouldn't even be a thing. So I don't, it's, the whole idea is just terrible, but ah, like... It, it really makes you disappointed in alchemy even more, right? Because the whole idea was we're like, okay, well, basically like every month you can get an update and keep the format fresh or whatever. Well, now you're basically going to have, have it launch and then you're going to have an update, I guess with like three weeks before the next set, something like that. So just like, what was even the point? It just, it just feels like, I don't know. It feels like bad planning all the way around is what it is. 
And so, so were, were those all the, the the points you were upset I about? I think so. I think okay, so. Okay, yeah. Because I was guessing you had several, so I wanted you to go through them all and just basically. They've already told us they're bad at, at figuring out how to do competitive play. They weren't kidding. They, they, they have told you they're not good at this. They've already told you they're not going to, if this is how you want to make your living, guess what? You can't make your living this way anymore. They weren't joking about any of it. They This is going to continue happening. It looks, now, possibly, I know that they, they've hired Huey Jenton, so hopefully – this will get better under his watch. But as of right now, they've told you they kind of suck at this. And they're hope- hopefully in the future this gets better. But, yeah, they – I don't want to – I guess I actually kind of do enjoy saying I told you so because me and hundreds of thousands of other people told you, yeah, they're, like, they're not good at this. And I agree with that. But even just shaking up alchemy should at least appease the people that are just casually playing on, on Arena. Right. Like, I can get past, okay, not planning your stuff right so your people will want to watch your coverage and blah, blah. Like, that. okay, yeah, I'll admit all that's, like, competitive play, whatever, that you're just not getting right. But, like, what are you doing for all the other people? They're like, oh, yeah, alchemy sounds great. I'm tired of standard being all, like, I don't know, epiphany decks and mono-white aggro or whatever. I can get to play this other thing, and it's going to get regularly updated. This will be fun and more reasons for me to hang out on Arena. And I defended them on this. I said, yes, alchemy is a good idea. Yeah, because, I was with you. Yeah, because, like you said, you don't have to wait. To, if there's a problem in the format, you can jump on that immediately, and then we get, hey, well, when you get up that alchemy? Oh, after the major tournament. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> yeah, so basically you will have about two months that they didn't do anything with alchemy. And at that point, it's just like, but yeah, why though? Exactly. Just, oh, if you were going to do that, you might as well wait to launch it till Kamigawa or whatever. Yeah. Because now you're going to do an update. And like I said, it's going to be, I don't know, two or three weeks till people are talking about previews and launching Kamigawa. So it's like, what's even the point? I stick up for you guys. <laughs> and this is how you do me. <laughs> exactly. That's, I, dude, I'm the same way. I'm like, this, I was like, this at least seems like a neat idea and concept. Yeah. Right. Like, if we're getting updates even monthly between sets, it's like, okay, you have the, the regular set, you launch Alchemy, you get an update another month down the road, and then you get one right toward the end. Great. So the format never gets stale. You always have, always have a reason to play Arena. This makes so much sense. It's and how like a digital a, card game should work. And and here's the cool part, right? Like everybody was even being reasonable and saying like, oh, well, let's just wait. The Christmas yeah. is here and then there's New Year's. Everybody was being rational, saying I get why there's not an update, whatever, being patient. And then just pure disappointment with the announcement, you know, this past week. It's just like, then what's the point? Like you literally just have standard and then you just have alchemy as it was when it launched for two to two and a half months. Like why? Why is that even a thing? We we, we shook Wizards' hand and and then they hit us with the super kick. Yeah, <laughs> we that's looking. exactly what happened. Like, or they did that thing where like you thought you were gonna leave the ring, but he didn't let go of your hand on that handshake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that that uh, yeah, it's just it's just I don't understand. Like and like I said, I will concede the you know they hired some people to help with the organized play portion. Get that. But this, I, even on just a casual play level, the thing you created for the casual people to not be bothered by standard being competitive decks or whatever that you can keep shaking up, you're not shaking up. Like, literally, the reason you sold it to people is the thing you're not doing. Like, that's my frustration with it. We told you we could shake it up. We never told you we would. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, you are right. They never really said how often or when they would. So I guess that's on us. But yeah, like, and you know, whatever. Maybe they're getting their feet under them with it, whatever. But if you go through this again with Kamigawa, I'm just going to be ready to just put a stake in the heart of alchemy. Like, I because even then, like I said, first one, I get it. Maybe your plan wasn't right, your timeline didn't make sense, whatever. Y'all gotta figure it out. Maybe you gotta point certain programmers to only work on alchemy. I don't know. You're figuring it out. But again, if we go another set cycle, another three, four months, you know, alchemy and beyond, 
and we don't get an update to the Alchemy release leading up to the next set, nobody's going to really give a damn about Alchemy anymore. Because now you're just buying Alchemy cards that you'll have that you could play with, but you're just playing with them as they are. There's You're just adding cards to a format. There's no changes. There's nothing different being done. There's no updates if it gets stale. There's no real benefit to buying it. Like, you could just save your money at that point. So, hopefully, they understand this and we'll see something. Or, you know, we'll see whatever these changes are after the event. But a very, very disappointing announcement, though. Honestly. But we still have more things. And this next one's kind of my told you show. So, you know, we I've been on my creative journey through content creation, streaming or whatever, kind of researching all the different platforms, kind of keeping everybody informed on kind of what changes I'm seeing or whatever. And we've talked before where I said, okay, the, the biggest issues you're going to have were number one, discoverability between the different streaming platforms. You know, we're talking about Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook gaming. Because Twitch of the three has no way for people to really discover you except for some contrived sort of force things, they don't have like a nicely integrated way to do that. You know, the other was that your content that you've produced in the past can generate you money on Facebook and on YouTube, right? People can stumble across it. People can do searches where your stuff comes up, whatever. You don't have that on Twitch. The third was going to be the percentage of revenue that you got. Well, that third one apparently is finally coming to pay their dues. Uh, <laughs> as it turns out, there was a couple of streamers that decided they were going to make this a cause. And there was a hashtag, I think, uh, two weeks ago. I don't remember what it was. But they got a petition going, and I think it got 10,000 signatures in the first day or two. So lots of people got on board. But what they were fighting for is Twitch reducing their rake on the subscriptions they take. Because what people don't know is if you're an affiliate on Twitch they take 50% of every sub to the point that a lot of people basically say like, Hey, just send me a donation. Cause you know, cause PayPal is going to take whatever they're like nickel plus, or I think it's 10 cents plus 2% or something or whatever it is. Right. They're going to, they're going to take theirs out, but otherwise you're giving up 50% to Amazon, you know? And it's just like, People have already gotten smart to it where they're trying to tell people, oh, no, go support my Patreon. Go follow me and, and be a member on my YouTube page. Go to, They're telling people to go do all these other things instead of subscribing to them because they're losing 50%. Now, I will be fair to Twitch and say they've created a lot of ways for people to monetize their stuff between, you know, different things with video game downloads and bits and all this other stuff, right? So they do have ways. But even now, they they just realize like, oh, well, if we found ways to get people to put more ads, everybody makes more money, so we should probably run more ads or whatever, right? That's been a thing. But at the end of the day, you know, you're looking at YouTube, on my YouTube memberships, they only take 30%. Facebook Gaming is not taking any cut through 2022. And I'm pretty sure, if I remember right, their numbers are that they're only going to be taking 25% starting the following year anyway. So both platforms now have cheaper cuts on your rates, more discoverability, and you can make revenue on all your past work. Twitch has got to get on the ball, man. Like we've already seen. Now, granted, they are still far and away the market leader right now. I was about to say, Twitch's stance is, do we? Do we but, have to get on the ball? But each of the last few years, they have lost market share. And we keep seeing more big names get signed to Facebook and get signed to YouTube, right? We keep seeing, you know, each of the platforms saying, oh, well, we're going to spend money doing this. We're going to create this thing. Hell, Facebook's saying, we're going to spend a billion dollars on just our streaming right. platform, you know? And now people are even, it's becoming a big deal to when you're, you're a big creator and you leave Twitch to, to do a hype video of you like yep. destroying a Twitch logo or something. We, this, is a, this is a Monday Night War situation going on here. Yeah, it's a real thing. And I told people, like, and, and this is why I'm saying it's an I told you so, because people are like, oh, no, that would never happen. And nobody's gonna, I'm like, no, it didn't happen before because the other two players weren't serious. I said, now that they're really serious about it, 
and they're making this a serious part of their revenue stream, they're putting real dollars and effort behind it. So like now Twitch and Twitch hasn't changed, right? We've talked about how, you know, people are saying, oh, we need to change this. We need to do this. We need to have more discoverability. You need to do this for your community. You need to do whatever. And they're like, oh, yeah, we created this thing. So you could down, you could delete your VODs easier. Like nobody asked for, nobody gives a damn. Like, I'm, 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 I thought you asked for that. I'm I'm still surprised. Even any even the big names that were griping about, oh, these DMCA's are making me delete all my vods. I'm like, nobody watches those pieces of crap anyway. Nobody does. I literally the only vods I have that anybody's watches because I specifically linked certain things or put them somewhere, and some number of people went and watched it. But if I don't do that, nobody watches those, and they're not generating money for me. Like on Twitch, if you're not live, you don't generate any money for the most part. There's a few weird corner cases, but yeah. generally speaking, you're not generating money if you're not live. Whereas I can tell you right now, I'm getting views on YouTube while we're recording this show. Now, admittedly, each one of those views might only be paying, you know, a couple of pennies here or there. But when you're getting them constantly all day, right. they're generating something versus whenever I'm not live on on Twitch. And I can still go live on Facebook. I can still go live on YouTube, you know? And if somebody does become a member or whatever, I'm getting to keep more money. And they each have their own donation thing. Like YouTube has super chats. Facebook has stars or whatever. So they have like the equivalent of bits or whatever people want to pay them to you. So even that exists. But yeah, I thought it was interesting to see that like enough affiliate creators have decided like, hey, we should be making more on these. That's when it happens. Is when the, the the employee realizes, "Hey, I should be getting more of my employer's record proceeds that I'm helping them generate." Yep, and and the issue I think for them is starting to become when you get to those people that are doing pretty well, but they can't quite reach partner or whatever, and they look back over each month and they're like, "Ah, you know, I've got like 200 subs or 300." Something. It's like, well, 200 times 250 that I didn't get, right? You know what I mean? Like you start going like, that's a real chunk of money. If I was over here and I was only even getting 75% of as many viewers, I would still be making more money. And my old videos might make up the difference or more because people be watching my old stuff. Or I could just be on both platforms at once. You know, like there's other things I could be doing. And I think that's where it's starting to click for people, especially when you start seeing those big names go to the other platform and you see them talking about the success they're having or the freedoms they have or whatever, you start going, well, maybe I need to look into that. Maybe I can make more. Because that was the whole thing for a while, right? People are like, no, all the money's on Twitch. All the integrations over here. Everybody wants to promote things on Twitch. People only track Twitch numbers to, to pay you for sponsorships or whatever and blah, blah, blah. Well, even that's starting to change. Because even because I, I have my, my press kit, I have all my numbers in there. Like, this is what I do on YouTube. This is what I do on Facebook. This is what I do on Twitch. So people can see the whole package. And everybody else is starting to do it because they're going like, well, you know, my YouTube numbers ain't bad. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, I I went live for that for the silly video I was doing. Right. The which planeswalkers are worth dating or whatever. I had like 20 people average over there watching that. And it's not like I'm actively streaming on YouTube all that much. Those are just people coming in. I think during the course of my stream, I had like a hundred and some different people roll through. But, you know, my peak viewer, I think, was like 23, 24, something like that. But that's better than what a lot of people average on Twitch streaming regularly. So it's like there's definitely opportunity out there. And I still got ad revenue and everything else for every view on there. So, yeah, I think I don't know. I'm not going to say Twitch is in trouble yet. Because I don't, no. I, we can't, we can't declare trouble until they're at like, you know, sixty-five to seventy percent of the market, right? Once they start getting down to those numbers, I, I think it's a real thing. Have you? You, you said you've been watching YouTube videos. We can't absolutely declare trouble. Magic has been dying for about ten years now, for what I've heard. Shoot, you, if you ask people, Magic's been dying since way back around sixth edition. So, right? You know, it's it, it's it is what it. You know, even though they just announced they did a billion dollars in sales, people are like, no, Magic's dying. It's terrible. Wizards are doing everything to run it into the ground. Like, uh, are they though? You know? Call of Duty's been dying for a while yeah, now. Exactly. Everything's exactly. dying. And that's why I'm not going to declare Twitch dying. Like, I don't think that's the thing. I think Twitch will still be around for a very long time. I think it's just 
they're going to be giving up market share a little bit incrementally. And I think there may still be a ceiling, right? There may be a point where Facebook and Facebook gaming and, and YouTube live only get so much, right? They still may be a level where this is the most people are willing to stream here. And we just use these platforms differently. Like that is a real thing. Nick, Twitch is top of mind to be the thing for streaming, right? And that's always going to carry some amount of weight. You know, there's still people that still use their phone books, right? Whatever. Like, there's, there's, that's going to be a thing. But we'll see. We'll see. But this this is a big step. It would be interesting to see if they do decide to change this number. Because I feel like if they're going to do it, you'll see it by probably March or April. If they're going to make the change. If not, I think that's a point where people will start saying, okay, obviously they don't care and they're not making the change. So what's the next step? And I think that's when probably somewhere around April you'll start seeing activity on this again one way or the other i don't know which way it's going to be but it's it's an interesting story nonetheless but let's round this show out and get to the dinner table and i have kind of an interesting story to start this off with but we wanted to talk about ageism in gaming yeah, because I was going to say tonight's dinner table we got some steam prunes yeah. we got some fiber <laughs> But one of the reasons this comes up is because last week I had somebody respond to a YouTube video deciding to say, well, you're out here looking like a gaming grandpa or something along those lines with these grays and blah, blah, blah. You need to do something about that. And my first thought was, one, only real grays that really show up on camera, the ones in my beard. But truthfully, I'm kind of wanting all my grays to come in. I'm a little mad that they've been taken forever, honestly. So I ain't got a problem with my grays first off. The other thing is, normally, I just let that stuff go because it's just ignorant people think they're being funny. However, on this day, my internet wasn't working great, so <laughs> I had time. <laughs> I love it. Hey, dude, wrong place, wrong time. But I basically explained to him, like, look, I've got 20 years of business experience in the game industry at this point. I have literally helped people create programs. I have helped people run businesses. I have done so much for so many people in this industry. And I'm bringing that to my content. So if somebody has a problem with my grades and my wisdom and the things I have learned, you weren't going to enjoy my content anyway. So, yeah, don't care. Like, there are people out here, like, and, and there's a weird misconception. Because, you know, I've told the story before. Like, when I started even in the game industry, like, I got it both ways. You know, I had people for a long time that were, well, I guess three ways technically were shocked that I was so young when I went to do stuff, especially with like the city or whatever. Then of course I had all the racial stuff that came with that in industry. And then as I'd been doing it for a while, it's like, Oh, this old dude. <laughs> you know, like, it, it's so, funny how it goes. You go, it seems like almost overnight from you're too young to know what you're talking about to you're too old to know what you're talking about. Yep. You know, I was told by somebody one time, you pretty much have two phases. You have when old people call you by your last name, <laughs> And then you have when young people start calling you by your last name. Right. <laughs> that kind of tells you when you've made the jump, right? But And as you, you know, said, the other side you have, you know, where people tell you basically like, this will never work because you're black. Now me and Daquan both have people telling us people are only listening to this or watching this video because you're black. Yeah, that's true, too. That definitely comes with it. But, you know it's it's a tough thing, right? Because you have a lot of people that have this misconception that gaming is for young people. You know, that content creation is a young person's game. You know, or all this type of stuff, right? You hear those types of things all the time. Oh, I can't make it because I'm older. Nobody wants to watch an old person. Like, I told the story in here before. Dad, how do I, is a, hell, I don't know, middle age. I mean, he's probably a 50-something. And he's crushing it. Dude's only been, he's been doing content as long as I have. And he's got like, I think like 2 million followers or something. Like, dude's killing it. And there's another dude who does, uh, a black guy that does, uh, I wish I knew his, his name. He's over on TikTok. But he does, he has, I think like 3.2 million followers, something like that. But all he does is tell people about how to like buy cars, what you should be doing with like your your car leases, all this stuff, right? Anything in the automotive industry, right? He's telling people about the business side of it and how to save money and not get caught on upside down on notes and all this stuff. He can only do that because he has 20 plus years of industry experience, hey. right? A 22 year old 
ain't going to come on and tell you that same level of information. Right. Right. He's been able to build a platform and a network because he has that level of experience and he's older. On our family channel, we all know that Momo is everybody's favorite member of our family. Yep, because she's she's got stories. Right? She's not going to sugarcoat it. And even on my stuff, like there's things I talk about from either working with different companies or industry stuff behind the scenes or whatever that like I can't have that type of content if I'm some 20-year-old kid with no experience in the industry. Right. So for people to just say that, like, oh, well, nobody's going to follow you or listen to you or, you know, whatever. Nobody's going to sponsor you. Blah, blah. Like, hell, I think, honestly, I managed to get a couple more sponsors and deals because I'm more mature. That they look at me and I can go, hey, I know what you need. I know what you're looking for. I know how this works out, you know, whatever. And they're like, awesome. I know I'm going to get my money's worth out of you. They know you're not going to do some stupid like some of the younger people we just talked about earlier. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But if you just have the casual people, you have a lot of folks who go, ah, this is an older person. You know, ah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to relate to them. Ah, I don't know if I want to watch that. And before you know it, those are the ones making all the money. Hell, outside of like, you know, you even if you look at the dudes with like Dude Perfect, right? They've been doing that stuff on YouTube for God, it feels like 12 years now. And they they get millions of dollars a year. And those are at this point, I'm assuming they're they're a pile of 30 year old guys. Right. Which by any kind of, you know, gaming or pop culture standard, 30 is oh my God, you're ancient. Yeah. So it's it's weird. Now don't get me wrong. Like I get it. When you're doing esports stuff or whatever, you age out at like 25. <laughs> like, but by, by the way, that 25-year-old people, y'all say, oh, so-and-so player is washed. Still better, even with their carpal tunnel. <laughs> you know, and oh, all yeah, of that. Yeah. Still better than 99.9% of people in the world at whatever game they chose to be pro at. But that's why a lot of them move on to just doing content creation, right? Because yeah. they've already taking that time, they've built up their audience or whatever, and they're like, cool, I don't even have to be competitive anymore. I'm going to make as much money as I was training every day and traveling and doing all that. Like, I could just sit at home and make money now. I, I think you told me about this video where somebody, some young pup said, you know, they wanted to go out there and try to cover Jerry Rice. And and, and, and this is what, you know, this wasn't 10 years ago. This is like Jerry Rice last week or something. And even if he's got to be, what, 54, 55 yeah. a day, Still can't run around better than somebody half his age. I that wasn't me, but I, I would love to see that footage because like I'm sure he schooled somebody. Right. And it's not that he because he obviously he didn't faster than that kid. <laughs> but he just knows things. Yeah, but there there's something to be said for that, right? Like and I tell people all the time, like I honestly believe I get to do the things I do because of a culmination of stories, advice, experiences, whatever, from so many different people, most of them older than me at various points in my life. So why would I look at somebody and be like, ah, this person's too young for me to take any advice from? I believe you can learn stuff from all kinds of people, right? older and younger, because we're all living different types of experiences. You know, there's some things that like, for me to still understand the lingo and know why kids are doing certain things or whatever, I have people I reach out to that are college age or whatever. I'm like, yo, what's up with this? Or like, hey, I saw this story. Like, what's going on or whatever? And they're like, ah, well, you know, it's a thing right now because people feel this way. Or, but I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Cool. Because I wouldn't know that otherwise. But the same way they reach out to me and like, hey, here's a big thing. And, you know, I don't understand why this is like a big political thing or whatever. And then, you know, we have that talk. And then they get to learn something. So they... It's weird to just say in gaming for hell, even most of the good game designers are older. Right. Because, again, you can't get that level of, of pull when you're 19 or 20 in most cases. Yeah. So just like, where is this even coming from? You know, like all the people I know that like the higher ups at most of the major like distributors and game companies, whatever, like they're all older people. And not when, saying when, that like when you're 18 people, and you say I have an idea, like yeah, that's great. Could you please bring me my coffee, Junior? <laughs> yeah. And don't get me wrong, it's still worth it to have younger voices in the system. 
But you have to understand, like, there's also something that comes with age. Like, they've already made the mistakes that you made. You know, I would even say there are things and mistakes and problems I have not encountered with my content creation journey, if you will, that I see other people mistakes that they're making. You know, and they're like in wondrous disbelief of how I'm able to do everything I'm doing. And then I'll just say something really basic or point something out to them. And they're like, oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. There was a point where I probably wouldn't have either. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, I've already been there. I've already been through that. I've already seen enough of the industry that I understand. You know, when I reached out to some of my sponsors, I'm like, I knew what they were looking for. I knew what mattered to them. So like, I knew how to approach these conversations, whereas they don't. So I can make more money than they can. Even in some cases, even with fewer viewers. You know, like yeah. crazy as that is. But it's like, I mean, there might be a certain type of viewer they're looking for. That includes age. That includes income. Yep. <laughs> and the other reality is, too, whether we like it or not, certain people are going to appeal to certain audiences. And there are people that want to watch somebody closer to their age. Yeah. Like, I think people forget sometimes, like, we grew up in the age of video. We were, like, one of the first actual video game generations. Right. There's already we, talk about people trying to start to prepare nursing homes for our generation that have a bunch of video game crap mm -hmm. in them. <laughs> right. Those are real conversations I've seen people talking about actually investing in. Like, so to say that, like, our generation isn't appropriate for gaming is, like, you really think so, huh? All right, then. You know, I can't crazy. wait to check into a nursing home with Starbucks and awesome Wi-Fi. <laughs> Dude, that's going to be a thing, though. Like, yep. imagine you get rolled into this. I'm assuming we're in wheelchairs or whatever, right? You get rolled in to this old folks home and your room is outfitted with like a Sega Genesis, yep. <laughs> a GameCube. <laughs> I'm right. gonna, get, I'm gonna try to get my kids to put me in there now. That's what I'm saying, right? like for real. But like, I get say, three, I, I get three square meals a day, right? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like to say, our generation isn't appropriate to be doing content that we're out here looking like gaming grandpas because we got grays. And which, by the way, I actually know several people that were going gray when they're late teens, right? And several in their twenties. So to be like, ah, oh, you got gray, or like whatever, that's just dumb. But you know what? Nothing wrong with somebody being a grandpa and doing some content. There's a place for all those people. There really are. And if it may not be your audience, that's cool. There's definitely creators, even in the gaming space and the magic space, that I don't follow. That I don't find appealing. But you know what? Somebody else does. And that's okay. Not every single thing has to be for every single one of us. That's all right. Like, I, I see it every day. There's people, I've talked with other creators, and they're like, hey, have you seen this person? I'm like, yeah, but I don't really watch them. They're not my jam. You know, like, it's all right. And I've even been honest with some other creator. I'm like, dude, I've seen your stuff. You're doing really well. It's just, like, not something I watch regularly. You know, not my style or whatever. You know, it, but the other side of that, you know, we have people that do all types of content that have humongous followings that I just go, like, I don't get it. But that's fine, too. You know, but to just attack somebody for their age, especially in gaming, is just dumb. It really, really is. Like, all the people that created your favorite games, hell, most of them are older than me. Like, without those people, you don't even have your games or get updates to a bunch of them. Right. So it's like, who are you really hating on? That just feels like you've got some issues that you need to work out. And you're just trying to take it out on somebody else, thinking you're going to be funny. But you stepped on the wrong comment. So you got flamed a little bit. You know, and I did have somebody say, like, well, why would you even post that response or whatever? Because I said, well, here's the thing. Like, one, that response has gotten overwhelmingly praised, actually, publicly and privately. So, obviously, people felt it needed to be said, wanted to hear it. And it was something that made a lot of people feel good to see out there. But the other was... I genuinely didn't care about offending that person. You know, somebody said, well, that might chase some viewers away. I said, if that chases viewers away, they weren't going to like my content anyway. But this is literally the same vibe I carry on my streams, the same vibe I carry on my videos, the same vibe I carry on this podcast. 
Like, if you didn't like that, you ain't going to like all the rest of my stuff anyway. So I'm just saving us both time and headache. But yeah, man, ageism and gaming, it just makes no... Ageism, in a lot of ways, makes no sense for the majority of things, let's be honest. But in gaming in particular, it is very awkward. Because outside of maybe competitive MMOs and stuff, where you got to have that quick twitch motion and everything else, age really doesn't seem to matter much in gaming. So why even make it a point? Let people enjoy what they enjoy. Hell, if anything, respect your elders. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, all right, Brian, why don't you tell everybody they can find you on social media? Right. I am Brian Sionic on Twitter, YouTube, and our uh, family channel on YouTube is Alan's Ever After. And you can find me just about everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N, on just about all the major platforms. And you should come by and check out my videos. I've been putting up a bunch of stuff lately and have some crazy ones like we were talking about on the show. But as always, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And in all serious, please take your shots. If you don't want to, fine, but at least stay away from people or whatever with the COVID and the flu and everything else out there. And take care of you and your family. And remember to be awesome and be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate. Other patreon.com slash color of magic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at Color of MTG. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base. 